Let us give thanks and pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank Thee this Thanksgiving Day for all of the good things that Thou hast given unto us. And not only the things, but those eternal blessings that have come through Jesus Christ, Thy only Son, our Lord and Savior, in that He has come to this world to redeem us, lost and condemned sinners that we are, and has given us the hope of everlasting life through His redemption that has been done for us, through His life upon this earth and His suffering and death and resurrection for us. We wait for that day when we can thank Thee in, in truth and in purity and in fullness, when our flesh and corruption are taken away from us, then we will thank Thee in the correct way for all the good things that Thou hast done for us. But even in this natural life, Thou hast been so good unto us. We have even been able to gather here tonight around Thy holy and precious Word, that holy and precious Word that we have heard all of our lives, that has been given unto us in great measure. Thou hast been with us with thy Holy Spirit to comfort us and guide us upon this way of life and to give us assurance that we are thy children. Thou hast given unto us all the natural things of this life, our food and clothing and shelter. And good friends, thou hast given us husbands and wives and children. So many things, and even we have been blessed by even living in this country where we even tonight can gather in safety and in peace. We don't re even realize, dear Father, the great blessings that Thou hast given unto us. Give us thankful hearts to receive all that Thou hast given unto us. And bless us even further, even from this day forth. Bless us with eternal life. Give eternal life to our children. Preserve our Christianity. Help our country. Keep us in peace and in safety. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Next song is 86.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are gathered here tonight on this day that we set aside to call Thanksgiving. And we know a little bit of the history of, of this day, how it was set aside as a day of, of Thanksgiving. Especially in memory of those early ancestors, the, the pilgrims that came to this country from from Europe and landed in Massachusetts. Those that were um, came to look for freedom and for religious freedom. They had been persecuted in the country that they had lived and they came to this new country. And we know that they came here under great hardship and they came and they found this land that was completely uncivilized. They had to build houses out of the wilderness. They had to till the ground that was had not been tilled before, and it was a lot of work. And they suffered through hard times. They didn't have much food to eat. But one year at harvest time, at this time of the year, they stopped to give thanks unto God at a special time. And I'm not sure if we can really picture how it was, but I think that one generation behind us, and maybe some of the elders here, can still appreciate what that was. Those of you maybe who have, who have lived on a farm, and that was their only source of income, I can... I can remember how it was with my my grandparents who I saw in their the end of their life how they lived on the farm. And I'm sure that at this time of the year in the fall it was a time of great thanksgiving when all of the hay had been made and it was in the barn. The wood had all been cut and it was in the woodshed. All of the produce from the from the gardens had been stored away all the canning was done the the canning jars were full the root cellar was full of potatoes and other food and i'm sure that when they looked upon that what had been stored for the winter ahead that it was a time of great thanksgiving for they could see that there was enough now to live another winter until the the warm weather would come again. But I am afraid, and I know that it is true, that in our time, when so many of us live from one week to another, we wait for our paycheck, and we just assume that it's coming because it has kept coming and coming. God has been so good and gracious unto us, and He surely has. But often I think that we are, we do not, we are not thankful enough for the good things that He has done for us. And we forget and we lose sight of the fact that all good things come from Him. Even at his, as it's written in the book of Ephesians in the fifth chapter in the twentieth verse, it says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always we should thank God for 
what he has done for us and what he has given for us each and every day. You know, even this day, he has given unto us many things. He has given us the, the food that we ate. He has given us the, the shelter that we live in. And we have houses that are warm and comfortable. We have more than enough clothes. We have been, the ability to even come here tonight. I see here visitors, and it's so nice to have you here. You've been able to come from thousands of miles away in comfort and in safety. Thank God for the, the great things that he has done for us. He has got, allowed us to gather together. And these natural blessings are even so great, the blessings of this life. But the blessings of eternity are far greater than this. Just think, when this life is over, there's a home in heaven awaiting us. Are we going there? Are we thankful for that, those great spiritual blessings that have been given unto us? The forgiveness of sins. Faith. Hope. The promise of eternity. Thank God for these things. And maybe there's even some here tonight who are not walking in faith. But just think, the, the door of hell has not been opened yet to drop you in. But there is yet grace and mercy. Thank God for that. And cry unto Him that He would yet extend the grace so that you could yet be saved. Surely believe your sins forgiven in Jesus' name and his shed atoning blood. And thank him for that blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary, so that us foolish ones and us sinners could yet have the hope of everlasting life. I'd like to read tonight a text from the Old Testament, a time of great thanksgiving for Moses and the children of Israel after they had been delivered from Egypt and they had been able to cross the Red Sea on dry ground. And we remember how that they came to the, the Red Sea and the Egyptians were chasing them. And the Pharaoh had sent out his, all of his army and all of his chariots. Even the Bible says the 600 of even the best of his chariots were chasing the children of Israel. And they came to the Red Sea and they were in great fear and dread. But God preserved them. And he opened the way for them. And God told Moses to put his staff over the water. And the water divided of the Red Sea. And the, all of the Israelites crossed over. And the Egyptian army chased them. But in the middle of that sea, on dry ground, God troubled them, and he caused the wheels of the chariots to fall off. And they were stuck in the middle of that sea. They were unable to get out. And Moses got to the other side, and all of the Israelites, even to the very last one. And there he put his staff over the water again, and they were all drowned there. 
And when the morning came, they, were, they saw the bodies on the other shore. All those Egyptian soldiers were all drowned, and they were all dead. So God preserved them. And in the 15th chapter of Exodus, we'll read the song of Moses and the song of Miriam. And we'll start reading for the first verse. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake. I will divide the spoil, my lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind, and the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people, which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestina. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them by the greatness of thine arm. They shall be as still as a stone till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea, and the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Amen. The word tells us here that this was a song that they sang. Moses and all the children of Israel and 
as we heard at the end, even Miriam and all of the women also. So truly it was the, the whole congregation of God. And they were, they were very thankful, for they could see with their own eyes the great deliverance that God had done. How God had delivered them out of the land of Egypt. And then when they, when they had been released so that they could leave Egypt, then as soon as they started to go, then the army of Pharaoh started to follow them. And now they were, were saved from that, the wrath of that army. And surely that army was coming to take them back and bring them back into captivity. But they were spared by the power of God. And Moses here sang how that, how that the Lord had triumphed gloriously. And surely it was a glorious thing. For they could see what had happened. They knew. And surely they had come through great fear. If you can, you know how it was with them. How that God divided the water. There was water on both sides in the Red Sea. After God divided the water, there was a wall on both sides. But through the middle of that was dry ground. And this great multitude of people crossed through and made it to the other side, yet still knowing that this army was behind them. So it wasn't, even though that the power of God could be seen, they knew that the, God had opened that way for them, yet they were yet fearful because that army was yet behind them. And I'm sure that most of them, if not all of them, yet doubted of God's power. Even though they, are, they were between those walls of water, walking on dry ground, yet they were afraid of that army that was coming be behind them. But only when they got to the other side and the water rushed in upon those Egyptians, then they could see the great strength and the power of God. That's when they started to sing. Surely if they had looked at it rightly, they should have been singing. As they went through the Red Sea on dry ground, already then, shouldn't they have already seen the great power of God, how that God would protect them? And not only was that, was God with them then, but there was that cloud that was hiding them. That was still there also. But yet they doubted. They doubted the strength and the power of God. And this, for us tonight, is something that we always do also. We are no different than these children of Israel. No matter how many times God has been gracious and merciful unto us, yet we doubt if it will be tomorrow. Even though we know what God's Word tells us, even though we have heard with our ears many, many times that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yet we often doubt. Yet we often doubt that He will be good to us tomorrow. And part of the reason why we doubt is because we are yet sinners. We yet have trouble believing that God loves us when we have this corruption with us and when we have our doubts and our fears. 
But God is the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His strength is unmovable. His word does not change. But Moses sang some beautiful words here when he said, The Lord is my strength and song. He is our strength. You know, it isn't with our strength that, that they were saved in that day, it was it? They weren't saved by their strength over the army of Egypt. It was by God's strength. It wasn't by their strength that they were released out of the bondage of Egypt. Even though those words that Pharaoh said unto them that they could leave, that was God's strength already. And it was by, their, by the strength of God that they were given the strength to get up and walk. You know, there was this large group of people. There was men and women. There was old people and young people. There were many women and many children. And all of their animals. It was not a small thing. But it was by the strength of God. And also, he says, The Lord is my strength and song. That the Lord is his song. And a song in this place here is the song of joy. That God is, the Lord is, our song of joy. He is what we sing about when we have true joy and true peace. The joys of this world are short. And they are but for a moment. But our joy and our song in the Lord is forever. Because he is, as Moses here sang, he has become my salvation. He is my God. When he is, when we can see that God is our salvation, then we have something. When we see that our salvation or our strength or our wealth or whatever we trust in is in our own hands. There is no joy there. There might be for a little while, a few minutes or a few days, but that will be dashed to pieces. When we trust in ourselves, there is nothing that will last forever there. It is only for a short time. We are only young for a short time. The wealth of our life only lasts for a short time. Good feelings only last for a little while, and they are gone. But God is our strength and our salvation. Moses said, He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation. I will prepare him an habitation. God lives within us. There is a place for him in our heart. And that is, when, if He is our salvation, then He lives in us by faith. So it is with the child of God. And listen, even Moses says further, he says, My Father's God. Here Moses even recognized with the children of Israel that God was their God. Not only that day, but even from the past. That he was the God of their fathers. That he would continually being their God and their gracious Father. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. 
Here he's called the man of war. Now we know that God has, there's many parts, many ways to describe God. We often hear him described as a loving father, and truly he is. And truly we've also heard that he is a righteous father, and truly he is. But in this place, he is called a man of war, because truly he is all-powerful. He is, there is nothing that can compare with the power of God. There is, we are, especially maybe us men, and we are impressed with, with power and with strength. You know, we are impressed with the strength of a, of a strong man. We are impressed with a, a powerful engine or a big machine. You know, those are things that impress us. You know, we are impressed with a, with a large army, with uh, uh, weapons. These are things that impress us. But this is nothing, nothing compared to the power of God. You know, with His Word, He has created this world out of nothing. And with His Word, this world will also be destroyed. You know, we've learned in school that, that there's nothing here that we can destroy. You know, when, even when we burn something, you know, it's not really destroyed. It just divides into different things. But when God, by His Word, says that this world is going to end, and when, the, when He burns this world with fire, there will be nothing left to this world. When man burns, you know, everything is still here. You know, it changes into uh, some into ash, and the rest goes up into the air. But when God destroys this world, there will be nothing left. So powerful is He. He is stronger than all of the armies of this world. And by, even as Moses here described how, even with the blast of thy nostrils, he said, the waters, waters were gathered together. Moses described that it was maybe a blast from the nose of God that divided the Red Sea and made it dry in the dry ground for them to walk on. We can picture even water stopping, but yet it being all sloppy and muddy on the bottom. But when God did it, He divided the water and He made it dry in the middle so that even the old, oldest one could walk through. So powerful God is. And then in the next, and then when the time came for it to go back, instantly it went back. God, by His power, took the wheels off the chariots so that they could not go any farther chasing after the Israelites. So God is, is so powerful. We know that in the time, times past, even in the scriptures we have heard of David and Goliath and how this giant man of Goliath came before the, all, the whole army of Israel at that time and they were afraid of Goliath because he was a large man. But that was nothing to God. And God cho chooses to overthrow the great power of this world by something small and insignificant. Even by a young boy, David, he overthrew the giant Goliath. All of his strength, it was nothing before God. 
And even as Moses here said, he uses the word of the enemy. He said, the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide this spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. This, in this case, the enemy was the Egyptian army. And they had decided already what they were going to do. They had everything all planned. They were going to chase after them. They were going to catch them. They were going to divide the spoil. They were going to steal from them. And they were, their whole lust in that was going to be satisfied. But at each place like that, God stopped them. And it did not happen. And so we also. We can plan and we can scheme ahead of what we are going to do especially if we have evil thoughts and evil desires. Know this, that there is one far more powerful, and he is able to stop our evil intentions. He is able to stop any plan that we have. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? We know that there is only one God, but at that time and also even today, this world is full of, pe of religions, Full of those who, full of false gods. And there is none to compare with our God, because He is the only one that lives. All the rest of the gods of this world are dead. But our God lives. Who is like unto thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? And surely He does wonders. And this Word of God is full of those great wonders that He has done. You remember them. Even you youngest boy and girl here today, you remember some of the wonders of God. You remember hearing those words of how that God created this world. Now there is no other one that can claim that. There is no other one that can claim that they, by their word, caused this world to flood so that water covered everything in this world. Nobody in the science of this world even believes such things. But we know that it is true because this word tells us God is full of wonders. But the greatest wonder of all is that He sent His only Son into this world to redeem us. Just think, a man of... A God with so much power, he could have destroyed this world and said, I will start over again because they fell into sin. But our God is, is so powerful and yet so loving of us that he sent his son into this world to redeem us so that us sinners could reach heaven, not by our own power, but by the power of his hand and the power of his love when he calls us and gathers us and carries us by his grace to heaven. Is there any greater power than that? That he can lift from hell to heaven. He can lift from unbelief to belief. He can lift from great doubts to strong faith. Thou in thy mercy hast led the people which thou hast redeemed. This is the key part to this chapter. Thou in thy mercy 
hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. It doesn't here said that, say here that he led the people that were good. It doesn't say here that he led the people that were righteous. It doesn't say here that he led the people who loved him. But it says he led the people which thou hast redeemed. There is where God's love is. Because he has redeemed us, then he leads us. It isn't because we have been good. We are just like these children of Israel here. You know, if we look back in the chapter before us, where where the children of Israel came to the Red Sea, and where they saw those Egyptians coming behind them, and listen to their complaint. And they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness." See what kind of hearts they had. Do we have the same? You know, these people obviously had complained already in Egypt, saying, we want to stay here. But Moses wouldn't let them. Moses said, let us leave. Let us go to the promised land. There is a better land. It is not going to be easy to get there. But let us go. God will be with us, and God will care for us. And they complained. You know, they started to go, like they said here. And they complained to Moses, saying that, Did you bring us here because there weren't enough graves in Egypt, that now we're going to have to die in the wilderness? And they reminded him that they would have rather stayed in Egypt. And maybe there is some here tonight, and I can tell you that this is how it has been with me also. That when the word came to me, when I lived in foolishness of this world and in the sins of the world, I wanted to just be left alone. Just leave me alone. Let me live in pleasure. Let me live in sin. I am much happier with this. But no, there were those like Moses who said, Let us go. Let us go to the promised land. That in this land of Egypt, in this land of sin, you will die and you will go to hell. But there is a land that is better, and it is heaven. Come and leave the sins of Egypt and of this world, and let us go to the promised land. Let us repent of our sins and journey in faith toward the land of promise. No, that land is before us that land of eternal bliss and happiness. But if you are happy with this world, then you will die here, and there will be no hope for you, because those that die in Egypt are those that spend eternity in hell. But may there be yet in our times many of those who will cry out with Moses that come, let us leave this land. Let us leave this world and the sins and the corruption of this life 
and let us go to heaven, for that is where true happiness is. The happiness of this world is like Egypt. It's only for a little while. There's a little bit of comfort. There's the flesh pots of Egypt, but it's only for a short time. But it's a land of bondage, bondage. Do you see the bondage that you are in when you live in the sins of this world? You are not free there. But only in Christianity is there freedom. Because there is only freedom where, where God is our strength and our song. When He is our salvation. But God, followed, God was with them. And He led them because He had redeemed them. Even though they were, had, had hard hearts. Even though they did not believe. Even though they, were, they loved Egypt. Yet God loved them and He redeemed them. And he led them out of the land of Egypt. And they didn't come always willingly. And neither do we. Sometimes we go through this life. Complaining of our journey. Complaining of our poorness. Complaining of this Christianity. We complain often about these things. And we wish they were better. But dear child of God. It is upon this journey. That we will reach heaven. Though it is not with perfection. Though our traveling partners are just like us, and they are not perfect, yet it is upon this way that Jesus walks, and he leads us to heaven. And Moses went further when he told and he sang about the fear and the dread that will come upon all those that would yet lie before them. Now he looked ahead with faith, knowing that God was going to be with them on all the way to the promised land. And he talked about those that would, the Philistines, who would be afraid. And about all those in Moab, the dukes of Edom. They will all be amazed and they would be trembling. And those in Canaan, it says they will melt away. Moses knew that God would be with them all the way to the promised land. And he would, those enemies that were yet before them, Moses knew now that they would be taken and they would not be stopped by them, but they would just be able to go to that promised land. He said, Fear and dread shall fall upon them, and by the greatness of thine arm they shall be as still as a stone till thy people pass over. O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. Because he had purchased them, because he had redeemed them, he was going to be with them all the way. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. So it is with our God. Because he has redeemed us, he loves us and cares for us. And he will lead us all the way. Can we thank him today? That God has also delivered you from. He has delivered you from the fire of hell. It's that great. It is that great of a matter. He hasn't just lifted us up from the sins that we have lived in in this life. But he has lifted us up from hell itself. So great is his grace and mercy toward us. And also even in this life. You know, there's much reason to thank God for all that he has done for us. Each and every day. But may we 
may God open your eyes of faith so that you can see truly where you have been lifted from. And may he also open your eyes that much that you could see that shining city that awaits you. It's way off there. It's on that hill beyond this road that we walk upon. But sometimes by, by faith, that city we can see. And that city shines in its beauty because it is that eternal city. And there in that east city, there is room for all of us there. And the light of that city is our Lord and Savior. He it is who has redeemed us. There we will see him face to face. There we will see him in all of his glory and his power. And we will thank him forever. Yes, now in the time of grace may it be that we also could thank him. But we know that it is it will be in part here. But on that day when we see him in his glory and in his power, there we will see him who has redeemed us. There we can thank him. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, amen. Saturday, there's the wedding of uh, Kenton Stenerson and Sandra Kuzisto at the church here at 4 o'clock. And the next Sunday, Sunday school at 9.30. Church service following at 10.30 with an evening service at 7. In closing tonight, we'll sing song 256 from the small book. And during the singing of this song, we'll carry a free will offering for the benefit of the church. Thank you, Bernie. Everyone heard, I think, that there will be a finished service Sunday at 3 o'clock. <laughs>